Okay, today we come to Romans chapter 2, and, and uh, Paul is laying the groundwork and building the case for our need of the gospel. The gospel is the central theme of the letter, as we pointed out yesterday, and it will find its richest explanation here as well. Uh, this chapter, as noted, uh, will continue the discussion that began in chapter 1, verse 18, concerning our conscious sin and rebellion against the Lord. Romans 2, as I said uh, in yesterday's podcast, will demonstrate that Jews and Gentiles are alike in deadly peril before God because of our sin. Paul is laying out our, he's laying out fully our, our sin and our misery before introducing the grace uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of chapter 3. Tim Keller put it this way, if we think we're not all that bad, the idea of grace will never change us. Change comes by seeing a need for a Savior and getting one. And that's exactly what Paul's doing here. He holds a merciless mirror up to ourselves, letting us get a good look at ourselves in order to help us see our need for the Savior before introducing him fully in chapter 3. And on that note, let's think about just a couple of truths that stand out in this chapter. One is the trouble with judgmentalism. The trouble with judgmentalism. Paul opens the chapter with a scathing critique of something that we've all done at some point or other, namely been judgmental toward another person. We've all done it. Uh, we've, we've callously called out or belittled uh, somebody else, often behind their back, rarely if ever to their face, if we're honest, uh, for something we don't like that they did or something that has inconvenienced us or something that we know someone else doesn't like and we want to get in their good graces. We've all done it. We're terrible. Right? I mean, you just need to admit it, and we are. And we're, we're so cruelly adept at seeing the faults of other people and at the same time so ungraciously ready to pass judgment on them. I mean, we're all that way, even if we uh, just think these kinds of things about others. Um, Paul gives a stout rebuke, though, to us. Uh, the trouble with being judgmental, uh, that's what we call it, according to Paul, is that whenever we find fault with someone else, the truth is, according to verse 1, we practice the very same things. And therefore, if we're finding fault and passing judgment on someone else for doing something that we ourselves do, then we are passing also passing judgment on ourselves without even realizing it. Paul says in verse 1, you condemn yourself. Even by our own standards, we're guilty and condemned. How much more are we condemned by God's perfectly holy and righteous standards if we don't even live up to our own? It is true that we're called on in Scripture to make a, a spiritual judgment on some level of the actions of our brothers and sisters in the church. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul makes a clear distinction between those outside the church and those inside the church. And he asks in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? So we are to judge each other inside the church, but the key distinction is how we do it. We do it in a way that aims at building up our brother and sister in Christ, and we do it in a way that takes full account of the fact that we ourselves are sinners in need of both forgiveness and accountability. That's not being judgmental. That is how sanctification and growth in Christ happens in the church. It's judgmentalism uh, in, the, in the view of uh, the early verses of Romans 2. Before you cast a condemning eye or a condescending eye towards somebody else, take a really, really long, hard look at yourself first. 
in Jesus' words, remove the plank out of your own eye so that you can see uh, the specks in other, others' eyes more clearly and realistically. And secondly, the, the, the second and final thing I want to see in this chapter is the trouble with relying on the law. Um, and it's related. Being judgmental, um, that is, judging others without taking seriously your own uh, shortcomings, it always has its root in an attitude that we might not even perceive in ourselves. It has its root in an idea that we're not like that other person. We don't possess that fault that we find in that other person. Our conduct is much more preferable and acceptable than that other person's conduct. It's a comparison. And to make a comparison, uh, we measure ourselves by a standard. Un unfortunately, we often simply make ourselves the standard by which we evaluate other people. But if we make ourselves to be the standard, there's usually a hidden belief that I'm okay with myself and therefore God is okay with me. Paul says if we are comfortably relying on our own goodness and morality before God, then we are relying on the law of God, actually. The problem with that is for everyone who trusts that he or she is good enough on their own, he says in Romans 2, 6, God will render to each one according to his works. And the problem with that is the fact that we're not nearly as good as we think we are. Paul is arguing here in chapter 2 that Jews who feel that they're better off than Gentiles because uh, they are the ones to whom God gave the Ten Commandments, they better think again because he says in verse 13, it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Gentiles, Paul says, who did not receive the Ten Commandments written down for them on the stone tablets like the Jews did, they still fall uh, short of God's standards and are judged by God's law because he has written it down for them on their hearts and their consciences. That's verses 14 and 15. Furthermore, Jews likewise who did receive the Ten Commandments written down for them, they also have it inscribed on their hearts and they fall short and are judged by it uh, just like the Gentiles are because it is not enough simply to know God's law or even agree with it in your heart. But obedience is required, and they haven't given it. Nobody has. The law is unforgiving. The law is unattainably pure uh, for sinners. Regardless, it is the standard by which we will be judged at the bar of God. That is really, really bad news, unless we have a Savior. And we'll leave it at that for now. A few thoughts from Romans chapter 2.